welcome to um, John Travolta's left leg. That's <laughs> what we decided to name the podcast. <laughs> in our sound check. Anyway, this is third time lucky trying to record it because we're breaking up dog fights, which are yeah. recording in Galley's house, which we're currently in, and it's a fairly nice spot for our podcast. Yeah. Anyway, nice. we're going to talk about movies, which feels like we've been talking about movies like 10 minutes, but we yeah. decided to start again. Yeah. So I think it's a lot better now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I like the JTL intro. I like that. Just the boss's left leg. Just the short down. JTL. JTL. That's an A now for every podcast ever. If you ever want to think of something funny with your friends, think of like a random celebrity that you'd rarely ever talk about and then just name a body part. How'd you listen to this? No, elbow. I know. What the fuck? Kurt Angle's ankle. Kurt Angle. Hey, you know, did you ever see the picture? You know, in, don't know why Ronda Rousey went into WWE. Yeah. Um, Ronda Rousey's a female UFC fighter, one of the best ever, but like got kind of shown up by a really good boxer and now it's just kind of fucked. Yeah, Holly Holm. Um, what's her, what's her Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes gave her, gave yeah. her time. Anyway, she went into WWE. Yeah, she went into WWE and she ended up like tag team with Kurt Angle. So was, there's a picture of her and Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle got surgery in his neck if you look at this picture on Instagram, go on Ronda Rousey's Instagram, yeah. and there's a picture of Kurt Angle's neck, and he got like a surgery, so to take all the atrophy from the rest of your body. Yeah. So if, like if you have atrophy in your bicep mm. from doing a load of bicep cars or whatever you're doing, um, they took all that and put it in his neck to repair it. So his neck, like his traps and his neck are <laughs> massive, yeah. and then his arms are like baby arms. <laughs> Kurt Angle's massive neck. <laughs> Yes, a huge neck bite. If you if you actually listen to this, look up, look at his neck. It's his huge. Neck is, what the fuck? It's, it's scary, but it happens to loads of people. You know Baz Rutten? Yeah. The Dutch fighter. Yeah. Him, him as well, but he got the same thing. Oh, yeah. So he's, his biceps are tiny, because you have to take it from somewhere. Like You know what I mean? It's yeah. like bone marrow. Yeah, it's like a really good fucking hair from his arse. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Remember that? Anyway. We're going to talk about movies. Uh <laughs> we're talking. We're going to talk about our favorite films, and Gally uh, went to see Infinity War, which is explain to the people, please explain to me. All right, uh, Infinity War is a superhero movie, comic movie, superhero, fo- superheroes. Yeah, okay, the comic movie. That's what they call it. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think well, Infinity War is it just it's been like led up the last ten years to this point, like it's like back two thousand eight, and literally it's all these superheroes have this universe together, and it's all like like it's all like uh, conflated together, like. And literally, it's like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and all that, Spider Man, all that stuff. But anyway, it's been like leading up to this, like all these movies have been leading up to this kind of movie. It's like a part one of a part two. The second part's coming next somewhere. But geez, I went in the other night there, we brought it on the premiere night, Wednesday, and it was, oh my god, boy, it was actually like, it was unbelievable. Like, it just had everything. Like, you know, when you live, you know, you go to a movie and you actually like, don't want to, like, you know, you, you build it up so much in your head that you don't want it to fail. You're not going to Yeah, yeah. And usually they always do, like, but like this movie did not fail me at all. Like really, know? start to finish, it was like start to finish. top class, fantastic. Yeah, but obviously they actually fit in. They had to fit in twenty seven main protagonists in one movie in a two and a half hour slot, and they fucking did it so well. Like they did it actually brilliantly well. Like so, the fellow who did that, the Russo brothers, two lads who directed it, like fantastic. But Jesus Christ, they did like Winter Soldier, and they did like Civil War. And they were probably the, they were probably the top two, the top five best Marvel movies ever. Like you know what I mean? So so they they um for these kind of super films, they kind of they throw in um like as many protagonists as possible, and maybe one and one antagonist or one 
One or a few of well, antagonists. This one had one main antagonist, but they had like a clan called the Black Order. It's like he's like four other people with him. And funny enough, with the Black Order is Nidge. From yeah, like, Nidge. The, age, um, and he was brilliant in that boy. Oh it was a, an Irish actor from Dublin, Tom Von Lawler. He played he played Nidge in uh, in Love Hate, one of the best. We're actually only talking about the other night, one of the best series. Like I've oh, ever no, seen, dude. honestly. Oh, far, far, far the, uh, the only thing with it was a target market of hit was just Irish people because we kind of get what it's about. Uh, yeah. if, you're, if you're from, like, if you're like from the USA, I feel like it'd be very hard to understand. But yeah. which is a shame because every actor in it went on to do something. Just about all of them. Mm. When you look at it, um, Tom Vaughan Lawler was in loads of shows. Robert He's, Sheen is in, is in that young fella now. Robert Sheen, best known for that and Misfits. If you ever watched that, which is he's, he's in that movie well, with. Lily Collins, what's called uh, Mortal Instruments or something. That's like a big massive thing now. That Mortal Instruments is like a, f- a kid's movie. But yeah. Jesus, he's doing away for himself. And like, Tom Malora getting to a marathon, like, that must be a big payday for him. Like, that's a huge yeah. payday. And he was fantastic. Like, he's literally, he's, he's literally chilling. Like, his voice and everything is like uh, the Joker's voice. Sim- well, it's not the opposite of the Joker's voice, but similar in that kind of uh, eerie sense. In that kind of way. Yeah. But brilliant and Jesus, lads. Josh Brolin just does not do a bad movie. Yeah, that? That, was, that was the one, Josh Brolin, when I heard a. Uh, when I heard he was the what's the name of the what's his character Thanos Thanos he's the he's the antagonist in that in that new movie that Civil War movie and he's a, he's probably one of my favorite actors after seeing him in No Country for Old Men it's an absolute classic a modern classic um kind of country western uh, gangster vibe to it um he was he was he starred in that and uh, had Tommy Lee Jones and that guy who. Yeah, was after yeah, the briefcase yeah. in the movie. If you've ever seen the movie, you kind of know who I'm talking about already. But if you haven't, it's it's filled with great actors. And Javier Bardem, that's your man. Yeah. Javier Bardem, most evil looking man in the world. <laughs> when, even when he's not playing an evil bastard, he's evil and handsome at the same time. What's that about? Like, he's the only man I never see. Like, he's oh, Mads Mikkelsen. Every time I feel about, he's he's terrifying. No, I fell out in Hannibal. Have you seen oh, like, yeah. Hannibal TV show? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's in James Bond. What's his name? What's his name? James Bond. Le Chiche. Have you seen that? No, I've seen Royale. Casino Royale, yeah. Yeah, the bad guy in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's a handsome but also terrifying looking guy as well. It's like a it's like a weird one playing an antagonist or even just an a pure villain because an antagonist can just be someone who's antagonizing the kind of story, whereas a protagonist is trying to get the the best out of a situation and trying to improve stuff. And the antagonist is a uh, antagonizing what's going on. Am yeah. I right in saying that? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you if you're struggling to define what an antagonist is, you've never heard that word. Like I only literally learned it off Gally because he's always talking about movies. I like a few years ago and I kind of looked into it. And if you're trying to define it, it's one of those things you look up in the dictionary. You should see a picture of Heath Ledger maybe yeah. playing the Joker, which is absolutely terrifying, but probably one of the best things ever on ever, yeah. screen. And we all we've all we all know what that looks like. We've probably not all seen it. As you'd be surprised, many people haven't seen a movie like that. But yeah. um, it's it's a must watch if you're into movies. If you're into any time of movies, watch watch all the Batmans and just watch, especially Christian Bale's Batman. You don't even have to be like a, a comic fan to enjoy that movie. Like, oh, yeah. definitely not. I've never read a comic in my life, mm. and you know that. But uh, they are probably my favorite movies to watch. Um, to sit down and uh, look at, look at something that dark and uh, still enjoy it. You know that. The best thing about it is like that the, that trilogy itself. Like it's just they actually made. Batman look realistic like he could actually exist like. see that's my favourite part about it yeah, he, you know he I don't could I, actually exist and this crawl shit just could actually happen and that's what some comic movies just, just failed to do like you know what I mean yeah. I think comics um, in themselves I'm not nowhere near a comic um, expert or f- even a big fan but I know that there there's a sense of like relief from uh, real life like mm-hmm. oh I wish this was 
uh, like it'd be unbelievable if this was real if, if Superman could actually do this and stuff but mm-hmm. with Batman he's not that far-fetched yeah he does he does fight other superheroes and he doesn't have any real powers himself but mm-hmm. he's not that far-fetched he's kind of like a regular guy with a deep voice <laughs> which I don't know how any, and nobody ever yeah, spotted yeah. him in Gotham no, City yeah, it's like Clara Kent when he puts on glasses and everyone disappears <laughs> secret identity yeah secret identity puts on their glasses um, for, he's a journalist and he works for the biggest like like uh, like global like newspaper outlet like in the world and no one knows about it yeah. like and that's the same in most stories. Same with Spider Man. Like he just shows up to the to the paper on a Monday morning and yeah. it shows his photo. Look at his photograph I got of myself soon <laughs> out of a building. But um, that's I think that's what we're looking for in movies, particularly in comics. We're looking for that release of reality and um, like a different w- different world. And that's why they're probably so popular. And, you know, it's no disrespect to the community of like superhero fans or comics, whatever. But they they enjoy it more than the, the regular fans that like yeah. like that like uh, realistic films. And Definitely, I think the the Marvel what the Marvel doing now, like especially with the universe I'm making now, they're actually getting people who are not originally comic fans into being comic fans. I mean, like obviously people who never read comics. There's a lot of people who who watch all the movies now and have never read a comic, but they know everything about all the characters. That kind of way, and that's the way it is, and that's the way it, it's gone now. Like I mean, that's fantastic to see that because now obviously Marvel like like they did when Disney bought over, it's been probably the one of the biggest like uh, one of the biggest kind of comp- uh, companies in the world now for like for, in film like you know what I mean and it's just ridiculous how far it's gone since 2008 to now like you know what I mean they got all reboot and I think it's fantastic and this movie itself like Infinity War itself is literally one of the greatest one of the, probably one of the greatest movies comic movies ever if not one of the greatest movies of all time as well so like, I think when people go see it they're going to be so surprised and you don't even have to be a comic book fan like you probably you probably have to watch the other movies to understand what's going on in this movie. Yeah, you, you would. You have to watch the other ones to understand what's going on in this movie. But it's Jesus, you can enjoy it regardless of what age you are. So see, see that that in itself kind of attracts me to actually go watch it because to hear someone like Gally Sadat, who's literally a movie fanatic, if there's never a definition of the word, is um, Gally and his brother actually. If his brother ever listens to this podcast, I, if I was ever going to ask about a movie, they are the two men I go to. Because they literally have seen everything. If you ever have a conversation with the boys, they've seen it, and uh, and you can trust them on that. If it's worth seeing, obviously they've fucking seen it. Mm. They probably have a review about it too. And I think like people look for like the look to the internet and look for big names to say like, oh, I wonder if I should go see this movie. I'm gonna look it up on YouTube. See if that yeah. if this guy that has like a million followers thinks I should go see it. When <clears throat> that guy is no different to the guy sitting next to you. You know yeah, what I mean? He, he, yeah. That guy is just an, that guy has an opinion. He's seen the movies. People like his opinion. He gets it across well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's kind of why people yeah. flow towards that. And to be honest with you, I'd, I'd listen to my friend's opinion as much as I listen to a YouTube star's opinion. It's pretty much the same person to me. One person has more following and one person likes to just keep his opinions to himself or just tell his friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to hear like, um, people say like someone like Gary say, uh, it's one of the best things I've ever seen. I'm like, right, I'm, that's me, and like, I'm gonna watch that yeah, <laughs> at no, some no. point. I just, I actually can't wait just to see the look on. Actually, I love, to, I love to see the look on people who who are not into that stuff, really, like, and their face and see actually could they get the surprise that happens in this movie? There's a lot of surprise in this movie, and if they can get that surprise acting, and that that just shows that the Russo brothers and Marvel and all that got their work together and they actually contributed something so well to a movie. Like you know what I mean, and I think, uh, I think it's, everyone's gonna enjoy. It. I think we'll be probably end up watching it now. Probably me, you, I don't know, Big Gal, Code, Willie, if he wants to go, uh, you know, we definitely have to go together and watch that, because I, I just have to see all your expressions on your face when, when she hits the fan, like, it's just so good, you know what I mean, and you have fellas who are in, you mean, who are obsessed about it, and kind of newcomers to the thing, you know what I mean, that'd be fantastic, I think that'd be great for us to do that, I think, what, Sunday? <laughs> yeah, something like, we'll just, just go watch it, I think, um, 
like the, the, the in particular the cinema to me the movie theater or whatever you want to call it is like the is like the best place to possibly see a new movie and i know that sounds obvious like mm-hmm. but we're kind of we are kind of veering away from that it's like books like people would rather watch the film than than read the book. People would rather get the cliff notes than read the book. Yeah. When it comes to movies now, they're so accessible. You can go on iTunes, you can rent a film for two euro. You probably rent it on YouTube. You can probably just wait for it to come out and get on Netflix because it's so accessible and easy to use. Mm. Um, but going to the movies, like we saw a movie two weeks ago. Uh, oh, a quiet place. A quiet place. It's called John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And John Krasinski did the screenplay for the movie and starred in it directed, directed it. a screenplay starred in it everything you can think of cast and produced he, he did it all and he got his wife Emily Blunt to, to play his wife in the movie mm. and um, it's one of those things where I don't really want to spoil even the plot because it's, just, it's such a good one because when, when you get into the movie theatre and you're going to watch that you see the trailer and you're like geez, that looks pretty edgy and mm. cool and then when you get in and sit down after five minutes we're all kind of looking at each other so was the rest of the movie theatre and the cinema kind of thinking um, what what's going on here? You know what I mean. Like in the first five minutes, you're kind of like, oh, it's that kind of film, you yeah. know. Um, and that's uh, and then at first you're kind of like, geez, I don't know if I'll enjoy this. And then after that, you're kind of like, well, I'm just gonna stick with this mm-hmm. and see where they go. With it. Yeah. I think one thing about that movie is well, actually it's kind of like, uh, well, actually spoil anything, but it comes to a time like like I think it's quite just pure quietness in the movie for how, how long? Forty minutes. Yeah. First forty minutes is pure quietness, and then the minute you start like getting kind of bored of quietness. Something happened like that, like literally like that. I think, that, I think John Krasinski, John Krasinski did that so well, like because literally every time you you're like you're getting settled into it, you're going to settle into all this quietness. Then, like any kind of noise unsettles you. You know what I mean? Constantly throws you off guard. And again, that's that's a that's um that's a feature of the cinema to go watch a film it's like everyone's settling into their seats you have your popcorn that one guy is in the back with his fucking Doritos and <laughs> shut up crinkling and whatever put up with that and then everyone kind of settles in like oh okay I see where they're going with this and boom you get hit with something and you're like shit like it sounded like it was over your head because of all the surround sound and stuff and you can recreate that in your sitting room like no no problem about that but it's not, I, it's, not experience. it's not the cinema if you ever throw out cinema I'd be so pissed off by I'd be that old man sat in the cinema on my own yeah. uh, for a fact I, I know that because uh, it's something it's like an activity I've always enjoyed doing gets you out of the house, you out of the, house gets you the full experience mm-hmm. you know what I mean any, any film I've ever really seen that I wanted to see and end up seeing in the, in the cinema I remember it way uh, yeah definitely you remember it more Rose vividly it. like if you're going to if you're going to do a project if you're going to write a paper on a film like it's very rare that you get the chance to you know because it's probably going to be a few years old and stuff but like sit in the cinema and look at it and it's just you get all these experiences from it um it was the same with um that that what was that film we saw a few weeks ago before quite yeah what was the last time we went i can't even think well i don't know three billboards i said oh, ebbing three billboards. Oh, that was yeah, yeah three billboards. that was that movie now itself was i I just i'm blessed i went to the three three went to cinema with the lads we went we saw three bangers like we actually saw three great movies like and that's another great movie. That ending is still controversial today. Like, I don't yeah, know. well, yeah, another, that's another one we um, huge fans of. We're kind of jumping back and forth here and give, just giving opinions where we get it. We're not <laughs> to be honest, with you, no real direction with, with the podcast. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a whiteboard in front of me and write down all the points and then talk about it with Galley or whatever. I'm just literally gonna talk shit because that's what we do. Mm. Um, the three billboards at every Missouri was like um, it was it was a strange one. Is that Cohen Brothers? No, uh, that was done by... What did we think? Was it? No, hold on, I don't have a blockage on my head. Who did that movie again? We'll figure it out eventually. Who did that movie? Oh, I forgot. Um, 
Oh my god, he did in Bruges and he did Seven Psychopaths. Oh, the, uh, the English yeah, Irish guy. English Irish guy, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot his name. What's wrong with me? Martin McDonough. Yeah, Martin. Martin McDonough, um, you're emotional because you're hungover. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh Jesus, fucking hungover is an understatement. <laughs> uh, Martin McDonough was director of that. Um, done in Bruges. What else did he do? Oh, he did Seven Psychopaths. Seven Psychopaths, another fantastic one. He's kind of a Colin Farrell guy. He oh, kind yeah. of, I, I, I honestly think Colin Farrell is one of the best actors ever. That's just me. Very underrated actor. Fantastic. He play anything, and uh, and the amazing ability to keep a Dublin accent and still play in an American movie which you never really see yeah. or, or a British movie whatever you want to call it like In Bruges is, is more or less an Irish film oh no it's in a, it's an Irish film yeah Irish. made in Belgium British kind of director British Irish whatever you want to call him um, and uh, I don't know we probably claim him oh, if, I'm claiming the fucker he's unreal I'm claiming him the Brits yeah. claim us so we can claim one of them if the we want the McGregor when he won the when he won the was a featherweight title for the first time or like yeah he's British you know, yeah like, he fuckers he can't actually look it happens <clears throat> if if you ever get claimed and, and it's a good thing that means we're producing good things exactly, so. exactly. Um, pretty, yeah pretty sure they did it with what's his name as well no they did it with Katie Taylor though, didn't they oh yeah in the Olympics a guy, a guy had an honest mistake a guy had an honest mistake on uh, on Katie Taylor well, Katie Taylor won her title actually in prose she got mistaken oh, that, yeah, famously yeah, that Olympics, yeah. she did get mistaken in the Olympics too I believe that happened to her um, until you hear her talk and she has like this yeah, weird mad Bray accent she, uh, like, I think she's one of the best, one of the best athletes we've oh, ever had. Ever produced, definitely one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Bit of, bit of a shame. By so underrated. Yeah, bit of a shame about her, as in she boxed Olympic boxing. Um, should have probably went pro earlier. That's kind of the thing to do now because the Olympic boxing is just a tiny bit corrupt. If you ever, if you've ever experienced that, Michael, Michael Conlon was stuck in that, and he he's only twenty five and he got out, and he was lucky there, and now he's doing unbelievable pro. Getting great fights, getting great knockouts. He's actually fighting the fellow who who <coughs> I put now in quotations bet him yeah. in the Olympics. The guy who beat him in the Olympics is uh, is now pro too, so you can see the the follow on kind of trend of uh, that guy won, but then went into the next round and got knocked out or TKO'd. I'm pretty sure. So he also in pro, the Russian. So I don't know, I don't know his name now, but they're gonna fight each other pro, which which is a bit of a middle finger to the Olympic boxing, which I'm a fan of, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but with Katie, Katie, like this, uh, as, as Irish people, we have just terrible tendency to, um, to like, if, if the Brits even try and claim somebody, or, or <laughs> yeah. try and claim somebody who we know is from the Republic of Ireland, then we are like, what, if, what are you doing? When we, in reality, we should be like, huh, like, yeah. educate them and say, look, He's, he's he's Irish or she's Irish you know what I mean yeah. but it doesn't always happen so Irish people are kind of cynical like that and it's kind of funny um, Katie Taylor won a ti- won the title at Pro and went to defend it and Sky Sports the biggest British sports media outlet there is were like and we have our first British ladies champion and, and Irish Twitter kicked off and people got really emotional over something where just, it's just cor- not, yeah, it's a, it's a mistake. Like. Just correct that guy. I'm pretty sure we've done it too. You know what I mean? We we've often had soccer players who played for Ireland under 21s, but you know, and if they get a call from England, they're going to go play for England. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, we, there's plenty of like Irish. Tom Grealish, thing, that. that was like fucking. Catastrophe. Yeah, like Jack, someone like Jack Grealish. <laughs> so small, like that was something like the young, like no, there's best of Jack Grealish, but would he get in the English team? Never. Yeah. Like, would he get in the Irish team now? Possibly, like. Or not really great at the moment, but like, will they get in your team now? Probably not either. Like, you know I mean, so I maybe not. Be... And you know what? Good luck to him, but at the same yeah. time, 
that kid was about 20 and he decided, look, if England want me, I'm going to play for England. I played for Ireland. He got, a horrible, he got a horrible bit of abuse, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and that's that's kind of out of that's it, that's out of order, and I don't like I don't like uh, Irish people appearing that way either, and we can't control that now. But if people, twenty year old, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, if he's a kid, you know, you're still a kid at that age, and you're still only learning your craft, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I I, I grew up in England, and I want to go play for England, and that's fine. And then, but Irish, some Irish people didn't see it that way; they saw it as betrayal. Mm. And if you look at him, he's about as English as they come. Yeah, he's, he's he was found. Passed out drunk in Marbella or something. <laughs> pretty, that sounds pretty British to me. <laughs> Only joking. England, sorry. Um, yeah, we, don't, we don't want to come across like we hate England. No, I we plenty, like England. We really like England. I have plenty of British friends, you know, and they don't even like being called British, which is kind of controversial in itself. Anyway, back to movies. Back to movies. Oh my God, we went off topic. We nearly like assaulted Britain there. That was a tangent. Why are you called Britain? Sorry. Scotland Wales, Northern Ireland. I'm sorry. Scotland Wales, Northern Ireland. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not Britain. I told my tree. It, anyway, that's that's another podcast in itself, maybe. Anyway, another, no, it's actually another. Something spied off my head there. British actors today, right? They are literally fat. Like all the best actors in the world, they are all British. Uh, yeah, and British and Irish. British and Irish, exactly. Like that's literally the best actors in the world today. Some of the best yeah. movies that have American roles with American accents. Mm. If you look into it, I bet, I bet there's a good. I don't know the facts. There's a good percentage that are probably British or mm. Irish. Even look at the Finity War movie, like, Jesus Christ, like, literally, okay, I'll try, I'll try my best now, if I get it wrong, I get it wrong, alright? You have Benedict Cumberbatch, he's in the movie, playing Doctor Strange, British. British. Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, British. British. You want Karen Gillan, who plays Nebula, she's Scottish. Alright, then there's... You say British for that? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, you know, Brit- England are going to claim her anyway. So Scott, like, yeah. <laughs> England are going to claim her anyway. Andy Murray syndrome. <laughs> Oh yeah, Jesus. I actually thought Andy Murray was, was like, even though I knew he was Scottish, he might as well have been English yeah. for his whole career because just the BBC used to, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, I'll tell you now. Like, who else? Let me give you anything now. One second. There's a lot of actors that are just like spectacular that are British. Like, Tom Harry's well, like, he's another combo uh, actor now, like, doing Venom. I actually, Tom Harry's a special one for me because when I first uh, witnessed Tom Hardy, I believe it was that MMA film, Warrior. Warrior. First time I really saw Tom Hardy act in something, I was kind of like, geez, what a what a class actor. And he was doing this Boston, would you say, East Coast accent he was doing in that movie? Mm. This real, um, it's like a, it's almost like an immigrant um, accent, as in like, you can tell, like, they came off the boat from Ireland back in the day when the famine was here. And then they moved to Boston and you can hear it in his lineage, kind of an accent. And you're kind of like, but that's amazing. That's like a pure, like Boston, like a, like a goodwill hunting accent. Mm. And then uh, found out he's from London. I was kind of like, Jesus Christ. And then you hear him talk with his posh London accent. And you're like, Jesus. It's crazy, you know? And then if you look at like other Superman movies, then like you have like, what, Superman now, which man Henry Cavill, another British actor. You have... Um, What's his name? I'm not forgetting his name now. Another DC actor. I'm not forgetting his name. I'm not forgetting his name. What's his name? Anyway, we'll go on from that. But there's a lot of great British actors today out there and, and they're in all mediums now. And it's actually, it's great to see, like, you know what I mean? Because literally, with the best actor in the world, possibly now, is possibly, who do you think the best actor in the world, like, in your opinion? The best actor in the world? Yeah. I still think the best actor in the world at the moment is probably Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's up for debate. I it, think, personally, the two, the, Michael Fassbender. Michael yeah. Fassbender, fantastic Irish. Irish actor. And then you have James McAvoy, and he plays he plays um Charles Xavier as well, and he plays Magneto. And he and James McAvoy is Scottish as well. Yeah. So just the amount of British people just in combat movies as yeah. well is just phenomenal of late, like you know what I mean? And just in, in world uh, cinema. But honestly, Michael Fassbender, 
Matt Awards that man is winning an Oscar in the next three years. Oh yeah, I think he, he doesn't be pissed off. I think he's overdue um, at the moment. I, like I watched him. I don't the movie. It was a good movie, but when he when he played Steve Jobs, what? good movie, better role playing than anything. Yeah, good I, actors, good good a great a great way to tell the story. I thought they didn't do it too much. Didn't they overdo it? They put in some good actors, some good roles, and they aged them throughout the film. And they showed his kind of how he alienated people and, and like Steve Jobs. That's kind of what he did. He was the, he was probably the best creator of all time when you think about stuff because he yeah. literally has such an effect on us now but he um he alienated everybody in his life the beauty of that movie actually is is, is just the way that there's nothing really much happens in it other than like it's just conversations and nothing big actually happens in it but you're still on the edge of seat throughout the whole movie and it's just conversations for me it was like looking at an Irishman play that role and being like this guy's from Kerry this guy's from Kerry yeah like he like if if you're Irish you know what the Kerry accent sounds like there's no really getting away from it it's not like in Dublin where on one side of Dublin you have these mad Dublin accents the other side then everyone sounds like they're nearly American can be same can be said in Watford City here like some people from Watford City and from like outskirts like Tremor do not sound like they're from Watford whereas we have pretty neutral Watford City accents where you'd know where we're from if you heard us talk yeah. this guy is from Kerry Kerry accents are just Kerry accents you know what I mean? Like, the more the more west you get, the more Kerry you get, as they say. You know what I mean? So to hear him talk like the like a complete um, American accent, like almost like a California. Yeah, kind of a well, just still Irish in his accent. His accent, like it's still like very kind of yeah. His actual regular accent is kind of mixing it between yeah, yeah. American. Yeah, and in, in gen- when he talks in general now, it's a bit like a bit of both because he's so good at doing the accents in films. But in that movie in particular, you're like, like this guy grew up in Kerry, but he sounds like grew up in. San Diego. San Diego, yeah. You know, he looks like he actually got from San Diego. He does, and they have that persona. People like that have that persona about where you're like, uh, when I saw Saoirse Ronan did the same thing in Lady Bird, which I watched. I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good movie. She played a really good role in it, but like you'd never guess she's from like Carlo. She's or fantastic actress. Grew up in Dublin. Like she, had, she has like pretty much a dub accent. Um, Saoirse Ronan, and we all heard her talk. <laughs> One of our friends has a really funny impression of her. Shout out, oh, yeah. shout out, Aaron Code. <laughs> I'm Irish. <laughs> I can't do it, but I'm Irish, is it? That's the yeah, well, yeah, she she is Irish, you know, and she's on a lot of shows and stuff. But she played a a girl from Sacramento, which is in California, Ooh, and, and she plays it plays plays the role very well. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. It's not like a fan, it's not a great movie by any means. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, the movie's very good. Like, of course, like Sir Sean does not really do bad movies. The first but like the movie just failed. To, the message kind of failed to hit. I thought, like the message of all, like the mother and the daughter. Like that obviously was was very clear. Obviously, but I think the, the overall, like you know, they like, kind of a twang to a movie where you're looking for something to happen, and you're looking for because kind of relate relation with the character, and you just really don't get that. And that's that's more the story's fault than than she, like she's throwing the job fantastically. Yeah, I thought I thought she really she caught on to what she was getting onto, but the the maybe the, maybe the writing and the the way they yeah the way they guided the characters around her in the movie could have been I don't know could have been oh, yeah, like for me like I thought it was going to be well it was kind of it was a bit more of a Juno type film where it was like an emotional teenage girl American girl but she's hilarious like she is absolutely hilarious and you can't deny how funny you can't deny how funny women can be you know what I mean and when they're putting roles like that like for me like Juno Juno is absolutely brilliant that's one like, it's probably one of my favourite comedies to watch because it's just like no matter what she does in the movie she's still funny if she's crying if she's emotional if she's being serious you can, you still laugh at her and I feel like Saoirse Ronan can do that really well mm. but um, yeah I don't know something about that movie didn't really hit the nail on the head for me it was like she's brilliant but yeah, the story, the story itself lacked, kind of it lacked a lot of um, energy, vibrance to it. You know, yeah. I, and it just 
and usually like behind old movies, they have that message, and they give you other messages like and that all compiled with that message. You Not know, kind of like sub messages. This movie just had the one message and had nothing else. Directly, it's like um, it's kind of makes it look a bit plain. Like you know, it's like having a. It's like having, literally, like having a ham sandwich and just having ham in the sandwich. You know what I There's no butter in that sandwich. There's no lettuce in that sandwich. You know what I mean? There's nothing in that, like, you know what I mean? And it's just dry as fuck. And that's what I thought of this movie. Like, it's, even though it's a very good movie and I did enjoy it, it just, I felt com- coming out of the cinema, like, kind of like, okay, okay, yeah. that, was, that was good, but... I'm not sure what Tony By the way, if you're going to listen to this podcast, I'm going to have Gally on quite a bit, and his references, like, are pretty fucking funny. I don't know about you now, but, like, a ham sandwich... Um, that pretty much sums up the movie like it, <laughs> it is like a ham you know ask for a ham sandwich you expect a bit more than just ham mm. in my opinion you know or ham blah in Waterford City mm. uh, anyway what were we talking you're, about you're talking about accents well actually and you know what's another great Irish actor who was great at like diverse accents is your man Tom Van Lawler the man that love hate nor Dublin accent and a man that literally when you hear him in real life he's a poshest he voice ever I'm pr- then, like I look, I remember looking at his background because he plays Nidge. Basically, he plays the kingpin um, gangster, kind of based off Gangland Dublin and the guy that shot like Veronica Gear and all that in the nineties. Like that's kind of what he's based off. Um, he's he's just a generic Dublin gangster kingpin who doesn't really have any. He's kind of um, how would you say um, insecure. Like, that's kind of his thing because that was the thing with like if you look at like uh, huge like kind of uh, mob leaders and any and anything that's a uh, that's like like a mob leader thing and then a story to follow on. The mm. mob leader is usually insecure, like Tony Soprano, Michael Corleone, Thomas Shelby. Like they're all kind of a bit, they they put on this front to where like I'm the man and I'm the man, I give all, um, I give orders to my brothers and, and my, mm. my mother and father have to listen to me now even though they yeah. raise me but I'm still insecure about everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, that's what Nidge in Love Hate put across so well mm. um, that he was like, he was that North Dublin, that that accent that everyone kind of fears in Ireland. Where you when you hear it, you're kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, what's yeah, this? What they're yeah, gonna say? And you know what? I've plenty of friends from Dublin who are all lovely people and have that have that accent, that North Side accent. But mm. you know that that Crumlin, Tala, Drimna kind of an accent on him. But at the same time, like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like that North Side, or even that South Side too. It's just that accent I have up there. But he he put that across so well. If you heard him talk, like we we're saying in real life. I think he was in London for years doing Shakespeare mm. and he caught on to that uh, that soft accent that they get in like West in the West side of London where they do all the plays and stuff. Lord, that, like, he, that man's been doing plays in London for years yeah. and then obviously come back to Vinny Wolfson he played your man Ebony Moore one of, the, one of the main villains in it and his voice in that is like crazy good like it's like it's literally like it's literally like how can I even put this it's like they just got a different voice actor in, like, and to do his parts, like, you know what I mean? Even though the character looks like him and all that stuff, they got another fellow to do his voice because his voice is actually out of this world. It's so chilling. It's like American, like, the way he does it, like, but it's so good. It's actually, it's like better than most American accents I've heard that people from actually from America. He's a better accent, American accent, than they do, which I think is fantastic. No, it's fantastic, like, yeah. I mean, and it's great to see, like, especially, like, good Irish actor and actresses being successful that's a great thing that's do. I think that's the main thing that's, that was for me that was always the thing I, I don't care what the movie like at one point when I was living abroad in the states if I wanted to watch a film I couldn't give two shits what the film was what was the plot yeah. there was an Irish actor in it I'd watch it mm. it's just something to do with homesickness something to do with just being proud of people coming from Ireland and playing like someone like Jack Rayner who was yeah. like a brand new pretty much brand new to the industry now 
Um, pretty sure he's from Dublin. I think so. He's in he's in Sing Street. Mm. He's in a one called Glass Glassland, which is based in Dublin, and he's in all he's getting all these roles now. But if you heard his accent and you saw the way he puts himself across and his look, you'd never guess he was Irish mm. until you watch him in an Irish film. But um, he's playing. He's getting these roles now where he's the he's playing the Yank, and he, like he'll make you believe he's the he's Yank. Yank. Yeah, and. I think he's born. He's actually born in America. Look, yeah, he's that's one of those guys. Probably born in New York, but like same as Sir Sharon, probably born in like the New, in New York because that's like Irish parents were going there to emigrate, but then realize they want to come home and they have a kid, and that happens a lot. It happens yeah, to loads of people in Ireland, and they end up coming home and raising the Irish kid anyway. A huge actor right now, probably one of the biggest actors in the world right now, is Don Gleeson. Don Gleeson, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. There's a great actor, and that's a fan. There's a there's a dynasty. Actor. There's a dynasty there of brilliant actors. Brendan Gleeson. He's like, oh, lads, that fella's still killing it. Arguably the best yeah. Irish actor ever. Well, no, definitely. And then, what's his John Boy's real name again? Aidan Gillen. Like. Aidan Gillen. Oh, fantastic. lads, like, it's actually crazy. Like, and obviously, Liam Neeson then, bro. You know yourself, no, Liam Neeson was, was like, keep the shit off everyone on the cinema. Liam Neeson's an OG. On and off screen. <laughs> he was getting the shit off everyone. That man's like, The Rock is like, he was, The Rock is literally him now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Liam Neeson was that big, well, it wasn't obviously big as Rockets, but like, he was in that category, literally, he was in movies, and he got paid a shitload of money, and just kicked people's ass, and the movie, like, could be absolutely ridiculous, but Liam Neeson would always just make a good, like, I mean, and that legendary voice, you know, he played in, um, Taken. Yeah. That, that just transcends. You know what's funny about Taken, Taken is one of those things that's world-renowned, um, film, and it's quite, it's nearly a meme now. (laughs) It is a meme. Um, and when it first came out though it was kind of like fuck man see that Taken film yeah. that's pretty fucking sick but he never he never even shied away from, like maybe he, he tweaked his accent a bit he didn't really shy away from his uh, from his Northern Ireland accent where he's originally from yeah. but we know him as Michael Collins like yeah. growing up like obviously we never saw Michael Collins he was long gone before we were around but if you ask pe- like elderly people who can tell you they knew the big fella who pretty much saved our country and led our revolution um, he Liam Neeson played him in a movie called Michael Collins and they had all these fantastic actors just basically jump in like Julia Roberts played Kitty Kiernan who was married to who was married to him so Liam Neeson and Julia Roberts were married in a film and she played her pretty well like her accent was a bit uh, but you, you still look at it and go that's Julia Roberts and she's playing an, an, an Irish woman like a revolutionary Irish woman which is pretty cool but her accent is horrible her accent is not it's not great but she almost gets these like um, she gets let off with it because she's yeah. Julia Roberts and, Julia you're kind of, Roberts. and, and I, to be honest with you when I think Kitty Kiernan I think Julia Roberts we have a, we have a, we have a pub in town called Kitty Kiernan's mm. which is named after great Kitty Kiernan married to Michael yeah. Collins fantastic woman Secret. We had a lot of these secret spy women in in the kind of IRA Republican movement back in like the nineteen twenties, nineteen sixteen, Easter Rise, nineteen twenties. That no one really knew about because we we practiced guerrilla warfare where people were jumping out of trees and attacking British soldiers because we didn't have the arms to fight the Brits or the biggest one of the biggest in the world, biggest armies in the world. So we had all these women who notes in their hat and guns in their purses kind of a thing which is pretty cool and not, not many countries can say that yeah. um, but do you, when, I, when I think of that, that that pub in town now if we're ever going in there we go in there at Christmas and stuff for a point I think Julia Roberts <laughs> I'm kind of like why is Julia Roberts <laughs> popping into my head because she plays Kitty Kieran but with Liam Neeson yeah we know him for playing fantastically playing um, Michael Collins the great revolutionary man and then who, who played Eamon de Valera in that? Oh, um, Alan Rickman Alan Rickman 
R A P Alan Rickman, king of a man. But he played the the president of Ireland in that film, which is he was actually so good. Like he was amazing. Actually, when I think of Eminem, I think of Alan Rickman. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And I think of Snape as well. I think of Alan Rickman. I think Snape. Like obviously, Harry Potter. But absolutely, absolutely, like it's crazy. Actually, look back at Irish movies. Well, like Irish movies, like a lot of great actors. Like Tom Cruise did an Irish movie. Oh like, my oh, god, that's yeah. bad, man. Alright, that's bad. We're talking about accents now in Americans. Yeah, check the Irish accent. Irish accent for Irish is horrible. At least he's in an Irish movie and he's a huge actor, so like that's great. It's great to see, you know, his accent. I mean, what's that? I don't remember the movie now because the movie was so bad. But his accent was absolutely disgraceful. And you know what? As well, another English Irish actor. We didn't even talk about him. He's so pissed off we didn't talk about him. Daniel Day fucking Lewis. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to call actor it. of all time. I don't care. He says that man. He that pro- man is the greatest. Alright, let's all right, let's settle it here. He probably is. He probably is the greatest actor of all time. When you're thinking about verse, like diverse actors, diverse being versatile with your roles, taking on crazy shit like, like writing, producing, acting, directing, still doing it now. He's just made a movie last year that was in the Oscars. Um, I Daniel Day Lewis is pretty much him. Mm. I don't know if we we consider him Irish. Maybe he lives in Ireland, so yeah, definitely Irish. Okay, yeah, I okay. like literally, literally, right, right. Think this way, right? If Say you know you grew up in say England, right? But you moved to Ireland at a very young age, and you live in Ireland for over twenty years, thirty years. In my opinion, you're more Irish than you are English. If it, it depends on the person, if they want to consider themselves. Yeah, yeah, but I, in my opinion, anyway, I'm just saying like you'd be more Irish for me. Like I mean, because like he started off his career making Irish movies because obviously he think he felt very hard making British movies because yeah. such a such a huge marker for you. I mean, there wasn't much of a market in Ireland, so he saw a niche. In it. He took he took his, his he took his um, family history and kind of ran with it. Yeah, because yeah, Sheridan and Jim Sheridan's a great great uh, director as well, and Jim Sheridan has been like he made he made his uh, very set movie. That's called Get, Get Richard I Try. He made that one. Well, like that's a bit mad. Like, but. He made so much far better movies than that. Like he made um, what was my, my left leg, which won three Oscars. My left foot. Oh, my left leg. I'm sorry, I'm getting risk. I'm getting confused with John, John Travolta's left leg. That was my that's the feature foot. name of this episode. John Travolta's left sorry, leg. My left foot, which won three Oscars. Uh, he won it for best actor. What's her name? What's her name? One's name won a bit for best actress. I forget her name. Oh my god, I forgot her name. We need our own. We need our own personal engineer. Start slash Googler. Yeah, if you're interested in that role, <laughs> me, message me. Uh, last time I had, I had the fucking computer. Last time I don't have it now. And cracking. Ah, anyway, anyway, and then obviously they won, it won best picture as well. So that's great for an Irish movie to win three Oscars back in 1990. That was fantastic for that. It's a, it's a big deal. What's someone in the name of the father as well? Oh Jesus! Yeah. Another great movie. Another great Irish movie that uh, no one really speaks about. Well, they speak about it now, but it wasn't when at the time it came out. It was kind of very kind of under. You no, know, it was under discussed. But looking at all them kind of movies now, Irish movies as well. Like I think they start to they have to start picking it up again. The Irish industry because they had the actors out there. Why not pick it up again? You know what I mean? Not make more Irish movies. Like Carbac Gangsters, like movie came out there. Well, how long ago was that? About a few La- last last year, I think. Last he, I think um, John John Connors made that. By the way, really liked that movie. Thought they thought what they were working with um, versus what they put out was fantastic. Yeah. Like honestly, because. There's a thing. There's a thing we have in Ireland called board scan on the air, and if you know anything about movies in Ireland, you probably know what it is. It just means the Irish film industry in Irish, and that's just mm. we'd rather call it stuff in Irish to keep it authentic and keep it. So people know when they see it on the screen in the movie theater that we have our own industry. We're not working yeah. off the Brits, you know, whatever that is. Mm. Um, John Connors movie. is a member of the traveling community. I think he's a brilliant actor and a brilliant creator. Mm. Um, from a guy who was talking about just he wanted to commit suicide. 
He's from Darndale in Dublin, which is probably probably the worst suburb in Dublin to come from. It's pretty rough. So um, he comes from there and he, he basically said, I, a few years ago I was thinking about committing suicide now and then I end up, my brother suggested that I should be an actor. When I got into actor, like we know him from Love Hate, he kind of played, he played the role of a traveller in Love Hate and that's kind of where he sprung into, start having a kind of a voice in Ireland, like mm. he'd say Blind Boy and people oh, like that. Say, he was on, um, what's that show, he's a discussion with all the politicians and he actually destroyed three politicians. Yeah, he's like yeah. a savage boy, he's gas out. And that's what we need sometimes, you know, we need that We need that uh, that type of voice to come out. Like Conor McGregor or something like that, or Blind Boy, I think is a nice one as well, comes out and they just say stuff and we know it's true. People don't want to talk about it, but we yeah, know it's true. We have to do a podcast on Blind Boy. Oh, we have to do a podcast, I was thinking about Versatile. That's what we have there. That's, that's what that's, we have to do. Never start. I live fed the two a uh, two rappers in Dublin. Yeah, two two lads from um. Is what's the man's name? Casey Walsh and Durfell's name is Casper Walsh. What's your first name? Um, I know, I know, I know their stage names. Oh, it's like Eric, Eric. She, like I don't want to get them wrong, but I know their stage names are um, Eskimo Supreme and Casper <laughs> Walsh. Yeah. And these lads are basically just two lads from Dublin who rap. But again, they're not two lads. So now I don't. They're, I'm not going to say they're the first rappers ever in Ireland because I know they're not but they're the first lads to kind of um, no disrespect to the rest of the rapping industry in Ireland but they're the first lads to not go yeah and I'm just sick of the bleeding government in yeah, Ireland yeah, like they're not like it's that not political they, at all, it's know? not political it's, just, it's a fun it's our fun like, yeah they're know, not complaining about our society which we have a lot of here because like, the, the stuff to complain about I'm not going not gonna to deny that but yeah they're satirical they're funny they have this image to where they they know exactly where they come from and they don't shy away from it and they keep their accents and they rap. That's very good. And um, a lot of people, especially Ireland people who actually do do rapping, they change their accent to American. Yeah. And I don't know if they actually have, I they applaud for this, for keeping his accent, there's a man actually powerfully, I give it to him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kind of into that music, but fair play is the uncle, like he keeps his accent and he does well. And like he, obviously people like it, the song has three, four million views. Yeah, I mean, I mean that guy, someone like that has done pretty well and he done pretty well in Ireland. You can't deny if someone's doing well. That, yeah. Like you can't say, oh, I don't like them, but they're terrible. No, you know what I mean? They're, they're doing well for a reason. Yeah, but but these guys, Versatile, are just part, they're part of a bigger group, I think, called Outburst, from what I saw. There's not too much about them now on the internet if you're looking them up because they're new, but they have a lot of songs on YouTube which are pretty hilarious. Mm. And the best thing about them is they rap really well. So they don't like it's not like they're just funny and they're just putting out music and people are laughing at it and laughing at and the videos and all the videos are well produced too but they 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 can rap they have talent they listen to they can tell they grew up listening to great rappers and they have a bit of everything in them and uh, they recently made a song called Ketamine <laughs> which is pretty much just about two I'm yeah, gonna don't 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 read too much into that into that yeah, song just but uh, I think the video you have to see the video before you listen to the song is one of those things and then you will like the song too I guarantee that it's pretty it's pretty good track on huge influence can't you on him yeah kind of that the old school Eminem yeah like evil evil kind of mastermind yeah, shit yeah like making like Eminem used to get away with like taking the piss out of like domestic violence everything oh, like, out of everything and nowadays like like no like, and really so like nowadays it's not a laughing issue like and I, I, you know what I mean that's not like it's obviously a, a huge, like, di- controversial topic, like, obviously with Eminem, because, like, of all the stuff he's actually done and took the piss out of over the years, you know what I mean? But these fellas use that kind of thing, but don't actually, like, they, they go into their own separate kind of way with it. Like, the, what's that other song where they, uh, 
about your mum dating a girl or something and uh, the father comes in and he beats the shit out of the father the mother the grandmother yeah yeah well, that's a, that's a part in that song where it's not about ketamine where oh, it's like the last yeah, verse yeah. in it and, you're, and uh, the guy I think Very it's Casper has has the last verse and it's ap- oh, it's the darkest thing but it's really funny oh, really and he can't funny. deny how funny it is even if you get offended by stuff like that it's still funny mm. he's on about beating up people and like who you wouldn't who, who you wouldn't ever friend's whole family yeah basically the girlfriend's whole family is beating him up and he, he robs their Labrador and takes their car and drives off with him <laughs> he robs a Labrador yeah that's gas that's uh, the, like, I think anyone like literally if, if, if I saw a Labrador there yeah, I know like I would run off a of Chloe's dog like, chance, like, I, mean. I mean that's, uh, that's it's, sati- it's comedy though at the end of the day it's, it's satirical comedy but it's also they're pretty talented guys and we like listening to them and uh, even if like I don't know, I don't agree with drugs and ketamine. I don't do any of that stuff. But I still love the song, and I love what they're I love what they're going after. And you know what? At the end of the day, they're Irish, and that's that's kind of why we're supporting them. If they're if they're Irish, they have a good message. They're talented. They're getting across. They're not shying away from where they come from. Mm. I'm I'm going to support them. I think we're all like that. with kind of our actors, our athletes, our musicians. You got to support. You got to support. McGregor, like he was getting a lot of uh, Conor McGregor. Get a lot of stink for what happened about him with the bus thing. But at the end of the day, I look at that, right? Obviously, what he did was, was, was crazy. Like, what he did was, was out of order. Like, there was no need for that because he injured people who had nothing to do with the, with the whole, with the whole uh, you know, the whole quarrel. Like, but at the end of the day, <laughs> that was getting more documented. Like, that people weren't were documenting on that more than they were on people dying in um, in Syria and Arkansas. That, was, that annoyed me as well, like, because, like, is that what people want? Like, people just wait for actors and... and they wait, like, wait for they wait for people to mess up. Mess up, like Kanye West, like it's a poor man can't actually do anything without people like addressing his mental health. Like I think I saw a tweet there as well. I think famous King Kardashian, she backed up her her, her partner like on, on social media and like, she said to him, she said she said like to the world like that's why does everything Kanye do like you don't agree with have to be about mental health. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? I think that's a big thing as well. Like you know people are always looking at people doing something wrong and it's always like it affects their whole image you know what I mean that's, that's another thing as well I think that's another thing what social media is brought in that people like they have to have this image you know, a perfect image and one wrong thing now one wrong uh, thing you say or something you, someone might pick up something wrong or misinterpret it and then your whole your whole perception of you is that shattered you know what I mean it's like it's that tabloid thing where um, if somebody's like so, it can be too famous I think there's such thing as being too famous like Conor McGregor fantastic or probably uh, the best Irish athlete we've ever put out like if you think about I'd say no I think I think we'd probably this is the best Irish he is it's like it's like the, um, with the impact he has on the world like yeah. for me I've been travelling around the last two years around America living over there and uh, like I, like if, if you go to the four corners of the globe I think people most associate person with Ireland is him I don't know who who it was before that but like first like, take someone like you too like Bono people never guessed Irish they've been in America for so long they don't pull out their Irish accent. I like you too. They don't show that they're Irish a lot. And we know that. A lot of people know that. Because if, if you ask the average person abroad, they probably they probably wouldn't know that their you two are from Dublin, you know. Yeah. But uh someone like Conor McGregor, like he like he wears a tricolor and he walks around with that tricolor and he says, No, this is my nation, this is what I do. Yeah. But at the end of the day he's a he's a he's a UFC fighter. You can't expect a UFC fighter to be cordial for everything. Like like John Jones. Yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't obviously, you know, I wouldn't expect him to be an asshole all the time, like I mean. But like look, I love McGregor and I have absolute respect for him, man, like, 'cause he's an actually he's a great he's a great athlete and I love UFC and I love him as a fighter and everything. Like I mean he's really like he's done a lot for this country just from just being a fighter. Like I mean he put he kinda puts the country on the map in the UFC sense, in an MMA sense. You know what I mean? 
Look at the MMA gyms down in Waterford compared to 10 years ago. Oh, that's like the, the effect is massive. And it's not just in Ireland either. Mm-hmm. I think what he did for Ireland is fantastic. I thought the way he carried himself was brilliant. The way he carried like the nation's flag. What the perception of Ireland he put out, I quite liked, to be honest with you. I always, he's a guy I always stuck up for him. He, he rubbed people the wrong way in Ireland too. He went on a late, late show and said some stuff, and people were like, Well, I don't like that because I'm old and I'm Irish and I don't agree with that. Well, look, Conor McGregor is one of those guys where he knows where he comes from, he gives back to his own. At the end of the day, he's a UFC fighter. If you don't know what that is, yeah, not a politician. Not, yeah, exactly. He's not. Don't treat like a politician. He's not. He's not a role model. He, maybe he is a role model. He's not. He he doesn't say he's a role model. So mm. don't don't expect that from somebody of that caliber and that um, mindset. Because his mindset is like none other. Like it's literally, he is a champ and he thinks like a champion, but he also thinks like well, I'm, he's wild, you know, yeah. and that's why. He threw a dolly through a window of a bus and cut well, people's that's, eyes. That's, that's to do as well, like just. I don't know. I, I think as well, like behind the scenes, and I think it's a bit, it was a bit of a publicity stunt. Yeah. Publicity stunt because at the end of the day, as well, actually, if you actually think about, it, let's just sit back and have a kind of a kind of a neutral perspective of it. You look at embedded. We're recording that UFC embedded. We're recording UFC embedded. Are the countdown show on YouTube pretty yeah, much to 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 any offense like for a week. There have been like seven episodes leading up to the to the to the fight uh, the last week, but they were there when it happened, and they were broadcasting it. So that shows that obviously UFC knew Conor McGregor. Yeah, maybe maybe UFC had an inkling that Conor like from like from what I saw. I don't need to jump to conclusions and stuff because yeah. I really don't know about it. But yeah. from what I saw, Dana White was like, "Well, what the fuck?" Just Dana yeah. White's the president of the UFC, and he kind of is like. He loves Connor, but he knows how much Connor is a lunatic as well. But when well, Connor yeah, showed up yeah. to that, he got let in by the credentials staff of the MacLife, which Connor owns, which are a media company, yeah. which are brilliant, a brilliant media yeah, company. I just think, I know, I just think with that, like, I just said like, oh yeah, he said that the MacLife let him in, yeah. let me all in, but like they had a document on him. Yeah, and it, on coincidentally, UFC's official YouTube channel just happened to catch the whole thing. Yeah, you know, so stop it. And that's <laughs> so, why pe- that that's kind of why people were kind of like, well, it's a bit of a business for me because now when they fight. McGregor and Khabib will have probably the biggest gate. It's probably the biggest UFC's fight of all time history. And when I, obviously when you compare boxing, even though boxing UFC, when you compare them, boxing gates always far bigger because it's boxing because everyone's independent. UFC is one organization, yeah. and with organization is like UFC obviously has to calculate money. They take the majority of that. I mean that's why the difference. But UFC MMA terms is going to be the biggest fight ever, and McGregor will get so much money from it, and Khabib will get so much money for it. And it'll be a great fight, and it'll be a fight which everyone's looking for as well. And that'll probably happen now in the next. Well, I'd say that can be that be confirmed as well, actually, before July this year. Yeah, I think I think they I think they'll try. Like ideally, that would be New York because New York is full of Irish and Russians. But and he wants to do Moscow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's Rocky that Balboa story. That's hilarious. There's that other side to it where that happened. What he did to that bus happened in New York, and I don't think New York are going to be going to stand for that. Yeah. Um, as in the Athletic State Commission apparently they're they're pretty strict so I don't know I don't know too much about it but I know that if it was in Moscow that'd be pretty cool too yeah. it'd be like Moscow, enemy, enemy territory like Rocky 4 type shit that's what he wants that's exactly what he said that he's he going to train that. he's going to train in in the mountains in, in, the the mountains, <laughs> in a big shed with logs but like he forgets that it's Moscow it's not actually like some suburban place remember, remember uh, in the movie Rocky 4 where he's literally like in the middle of nowhere and where was that event being played actually looking back at Rocky and let's look at like, like the logic in Rocky 4 right the arena in Rocky 4 was in the middle of nowhere alright how can people get to that fight 
Alright Guess what I want to know Alright The mill was in the middle of Secret nowhere. location Secret location Alright And that, if you look at the movie The whole stadium was packed out people right? Obviously that's all probably I don't know it was a CGI I don't know I don't know I don't know, I don't know the backstory to it Is that an 80s film? That's an 80s film Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole What a time that was By the way The 80s yeah. <laughs> If he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> what, what was the Drago? Is that who for? Drago, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, Drago, yeah. I always pictured. Um, I think I probably someone probably said and put it in my head, but in order to at UFC have that PI Institute, the Performance Institute, where yeah. they have it's the leading in sports science. They have yeah, everything. I picture Connor in that. Training with all this technology like Drago does in Rocky Four, and then Pork Beams out in the mountains, mm. pushing logs up a hill and stuff. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. I think I think the whole that that whole thing though, and embedded in the whole coverage, with that and embedded in that for McGregor, it could be funny. That'd be the funniest thing ever because he left doing all that stuff. But the thing is, looking at the fight, personally, what who do you think will win the fight and how it'll go? Con- the Conor McGregor Khabib fight give my uh, professional opinion not really I just watch I, I, to be honest with you I, lo- I watch a lot of MMA I watch I watch Carrot every weekend I, I, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on every aspect of fighting but I have a decent grasp on the sport I'd mm. say not the technicalities of it but the sport and the athletes who are at the top of the sport and Conor McGregor from what I've seen Conor McGregor is pretty phenomenal about fighting and um, stand up fighting and boxing and kicks and pressure and um the whole getting in your head type thing like he's a ma- he's probably the best of all time at that to be honest like Muhammad Ali started it but Conor McGregor took it over and took it to another level um, to me Conor um, if he hits you with his left hand like you're probably going to hit the deck yeah. and I think that he could catch Khabib Nurmagomedov I don't think Khabib's stand up is, 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 is good at all I think it's actually it's way below average his but, but his ground game is it's the best. Oh, it's it's the best, it's right? Fantastic, like, but he like yeah, he used to he used to he used to wrestle bears when he was a child. <laughs> See that video? That video is gas, man. That's that's pretty epic. Like, look up that if you're listening. If you haven't seen it, like, Khabib Nurmagomedov, who was the 155 pound champion now in the UFC, champion with a uh, inverted commas, my fingers in the air. Uh, he he wrestled a bear when he was eight or nine years old or something. Um, Absolute brilliant video, fairness. And it, it shows in his in his uh, in the UFC performances now. But at the same time, Khabib could maul him to the floor. Yeah, and he could eat, like the thing is that's what that's what people are gonna think. That's the majority opinion. I think people think if they fought Connor and Khabib, Khabib would just be like a blank on Connor and win the fight. But the thing is, people underestimate Connor's ground like defensive game. It's fantastic, but the thing is obviously Khabib is the best on the ground, he's best best wrestler, best uh well, jiu jitsu. He's the best jiu-jitsu. Just the best uh, overall wrestling jiu-jitsu. pressure. No, the best jiu-jitsu in the world that man would literally Fucking snap off anything he wanted, like I mean, and he'd play around it, he'd toy around it. But the thing is, his setup's not great, and this is what, that's why he lacks in. McGregor on the floor is not great, and that's what he lacks in. So the thing is better. It kind of shows kind of which fighter kind of uses their their strong like, abilities. Yeah, you, use your tools, yeah. I I thought I thought Aloy Quinta who stepped in late notice to fight Khabib because of the mix-up at, and I'm not going to go into that, but the mix-up of uh, the fighters that Khabib was supposed to take on Tony mm-hmm. Ferguson, Max Holloway, um both got called off in the space of two days so he fought Aloy Quinta who was just an East Coast fights under Matt Serra who was a UFC legend um, and Chris Weidman's camp and all those mm. crazy New York guys who I love off from Long Island and he um, ended up giving Khabib some problems that people didn't expect so Khabib basically just mauled him to the floor in the first 30 seconds and everyone's like oh there, there goes there goes Ray and Al. I was like come on Al I was shouting at the TV like come on Al you can do it man and then uh, third round um, Al was like Al was having none of it man yeah, like Khabib couldn't get him down 
And then I was kind of like, geez, that's pretty. It's pretty. Um, that's a hole in his game right there. If he yeah. can't take down a late notice fighter who's not Conor McGregor, yeah. if, if and Al Al Quinta is a great fighter and he's a crazy bastard, but he did he doesn't have the boxing skills of Conor McGregor or the kicks or the, the yeah. influence or the impact of Conor McGregor. So um, if Conor catches you, Conor can fight going backwards. If he catches you with left hand, chances are you're going down. Mm. If he can knock down Nate Diaz, who's a monster of a man. He can knock down something like that. Nick Diaz come back to you. I see Nick Diaz. I can't wait the two brothers come back and fight that. Oh my god, man! I can't wait. I love those two guys. Nate has come in back and he's like, he only wants McGregor. He only wants McGregor because he knows that's the big payday for him. I just hope he comes back now, gets a good fight with someone. But he's right. He's right. I'm pretty sure Nate's been offered so many fights since. Oh yeah, because he's he is a star. Um, But Nate. uh, Nate will only come back for Connor, I think, and Nick will only come back for GSP. Yeah. That's literally, that's literally what it is. Like, Do you think so? Like, I don't see any... Like, I'd love to see Nick fight somebody else. I'd love to see Nick fight Tyron Woodley, but I don't think he will. I don't think he will either, no. I think... I don't think Tyron, Tyron would take the fight, would he? No, he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think he would. No, I think he'd beat... I think he would beat Nick Diaz. I think he would beat Nick Diaz. He, he, could, he could definitely... Could, if he played his own game, yeah. but if he got if Nick got in his head and started giving the middle fingers and stopped yeah. and slapped and all, you don't know what could happen, but... Well, yeah, because UFC, you know, it's all on the day as well. Like, people forget that, you know, it's it's... It's like it's like um, they don't fight on paper. They don't fight on paper exactly. I mean, the statistics can tell you all this stuff, you know, but it's all in the day at the end of it. I mean, like you even look at like if you want to talk about that kind of thing, like you look at it in the sense that um, who oh, yeah, I think it's fighters now, like it's like three fighters each other. I forget the names. I forget the name. Oh yeah, down in like you know Garbrandt, Cody uh, Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw, TJ and Dillashaw Dominic Cruz. Cruz, the three of them all bet each other. In a circle. In a, like a circle thing. And that's just continuing on in a circle now. Like, and that's what goes on. That shows you that paper and statistics kind of, yes, they have value, but they don't always predict the fight. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you could see now Garbrandt and, D- and Dillashaw now fighting. They're fighting, like, what was that? It's like a few months away? Is it two months away or something? Yeah, I think they're fighting in. Um, are they fighting in July? Are they fighting the fighting International in, Fight Week? I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I actually didn't look that up now. I actually was a bit fucking annoyed. That's a big fight coming up, by the way. Yeah, and if TJ fun. wins. TJ Dillashaw, the one thirty-five pound champ, took it off Garbrandt. Who mm. Garbrandt took it off Dom Cruz, who's the most dominant champion in that division ever. Yeah. He ran that division. If he wins that, he wants to jump down and fight DJ. He wants to fight uh, Demetrius Johnson. Uh, Demetrius Johnson won't fight. <laughs> yeah. Demetrius Johnson don't like don't don't want to fight him at all. He don't want to go away. He's happy in his own little weight class, beating everyone. But like, if you want to be a true champion, which I think he's a true champion, but if he wants to be well known for rest, for the rest of his like he wants to be you know in the Hall of Fame which he will be anyway I'm saying if he wants to be up there with Conor McGregor he has to go up and fight the next title because that's the only thing he has to do now right and he was a bit pissed off so never but the best him. thing about that conversation was when they were talking about uh, TJ Dillashaw who I'm actually a fan of was like um, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. go down and fight I'll go down and fight that's that dude that's the McGregor attitude that's the McGregor yeah. influence but people have to understand well, like UFC no one ever went to a press conference in a suit until after McGregor did. You know what I mean? People have to look at the movement that McGregor has done. Like, you know what I mean? Every, now McGregor's like... All of a sudden, everyone's, all all of a sudden everyone wearing sunglasses yeah, indoors. Sunglasses indoors. You know what I mean? Like, he's all doing dances with sunglasses. Jesus Christ, what were those things? But you look at, like, the look at now, the way, the way it's gone now, right? Like, Daniel Cormier was like, you know what? I couldn't beat John Jones on two times, two occasions, I couldn't beat him. So I'm going to do it. And actually, if I make myself feel like a champion, I have to go up and get the heavyweight champion off the SDB Miltage, which is going to be Oh fucking! He's gonna be probably the best fight of the year. Like Garrett, I think that'll be a better fight than Khabib and McGregor. I'm not even joking. Yet. Yeah, definitely could de- be. Definitely, I think that fight literally can go anyway. Two great fighters, two heavy hitters, 
two fellas who are excellent on the ground. You know what I mean? I, I can't wait for that fight. I cannot wait for that fight. But I think is there's only a minute left in this. Oh yeah, we're ju- we're just out of time. But we'll uh, come back and talk about UFC. Yeah, we probably have a whole MMA podcast. I think that's something we could definitely do. Yeah. Like, we would just talk. I think the yeah, podcast was kind of taken over MMA, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, again, no real we'll direction. Have a, we'll have a movie. We'll have a movie one soon enough because we just didn't. We just kind of went that topic. Ah, uh, look, sure, that was just we just we'll talk. Have a movie just one, and we have whatever, whatever people. Never anyone wants to talk. Wants to talk about. We actually talk about. Yeah, it. we're open for the requests. So. Exactly. If you want to come on and talk to us, that'd so, be better. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, Don't forget John Travolta's left leg. That's the word of the day, <laughs> sentence of the day for us. Oh yeah. Hi birthday, Welchy. You legend. Love you. Good luck. Thank yeah. You. Happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Dylan Welch. Dylan Welch. See you later, Dylan. Dylan Welch. Dylan Welch. Good luck. Uh, thanks, lads. Um, see you next time. Good luck. Uh, au revoir.